and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and of course, I'm joined by Matt Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? <coughs> I'm, I'm okay. I didn't realize Kyle Lowry was joining the podcast tonight. Ooh! I mean, it was a fun game. Fun, fun, fun game five. Oh, absolutely. Like, that was... Uh, we were talking about in the middle of the game. Like, is this the best game since game seven of... 2016 NBA Finals, like in terms of Finals games. Oh, maybe the JR game, but but it was a really fun game from start to finish. That fourth quarter itself was worth. Oh, that was worth everything. That was everything. Now, if you're a Raptors fan, you're horribly disappointed, but you still have game game seven if needed. Back home. Back home. Let alone, oh yeah, game six also. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, that would be the pers- worst possible way to win the series. You buy $4,000 tickets to see your team lose, but then they win. On the road. In the wrong country. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like if you're Toronto, you, you take what you can get. Beggars can't be choosers. That's right. Before we get more into bringing down Game 5 and what a crazy game it was, uh, let me remind you to follow us on... Uh, Twitter at NBA Couch GM Pod. Also, um, find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. Uh, give us a rating uh, and leave us a review. It would help us a lot and give us great feedback. So, we'd greatly appreciate that. Um, I was gonna like spoof do an ad right here, but like, <laughs> know, like the three people who listen to us, like it, it would have been a funny joke. Hey, there's anyway. more than three of us. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, I mean, like, uh, the final score of this game was 106-105 Warriors. What did we both predict? I forgot. I had 119 to 116 in favor of the Raptors. We both picked the Raptors in this one, yeah. and that came back and I feel like, I don't remember what your prediction was, but this it was score lower. was pretty close. Yeah, it. it was it was lower. I would have to go back and listen uh, to the end of our last podcast, episode 32 Man, just like an insane game from start to finish. Let's start with the first quarter. The KD and the Warriors come out firing in that opening quarter. Just like four for four right right off the bat from three. Yeah, it's like the the Raptors forgot, like, you got to go earn this game. Yeah. But it comes out, Steph, three. Steph, layup. Durant. Three Durant, three, and it's like, oh god, this is happening. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like Mark Gasol, thankfully, was keeping them in the game because otherwise, like they were getting run off the floor in the first three minutes. Well, that was the, I mean, that was the difference in the game right there. What you just listed, those yeah. like two Durant threes, like you take those away, you don't let the one of the best shooters in the world get those easy, like just stand there threes. Well, that's what we were we were saying early on. It's like it's he wasn't like running around. It's not like he was like Steph or Clay. He was just standing in a spot, and if you gave him a foot, he was taking it. Yeah. Because that's he. I think Kevin Durant knew coming in. That's as much as I can do. I can stand here and essentially play offense against a chair. I'll I'll hit it. And Kevin Durant's so good that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good Kawhi is on defense because he's not getting a hand up to the. Like almost ten feet, where his release point is, what it feels like. I know. So Kevin Durant was able to like, even though he wasn't having to move a ton, he was able to find a spot. They were able to hit him, and it was a pretty confident, easy shot for a guy that elite at shooting. 
So if, like I said, if it wasn't for Mark Gasol literally scoring the first six points of the game for them, like there was nothing happening for for Toronto early, and really the first quarter they ended up scoring twenty eight points, but it felt like for the longest time they they couldn't put the ball in the bucket. Like no one, like Pascal was all over the place. Even Kawhi was like it was hard because yeah. they had better defenders out there. Then, like everyone's life was just more difficult, and the Warriors were clicking so much. And you're like, are they about to do Warriors things and yeah. just run take, you off the floor? Take it away. Um, I love what Kerr did in that opening quarter. Before, of course, KD goes down in the first quarter there. But I love what he did, staggering the stars there. Take Katie out early, and that might have been part of the injury, but I love the staggering there. Took Andre out early, too, and then brought them back out towards the end of the mm. first quarter with the uh, substitutes like uh, Quinn Cook and um, uh, uh, McKinney. McKinney, thank yeah. you. So it's like four, four to six minutes. You're going to go and play four to six good yeah. minutes. We're going to get you out. We're going to send you in for, for two, four good minutes. We're going to pull you out. And it's like they kept doing that with their wings, the the guys they could, trying to leave Steph and Clay and Draymond as, in as much as they could. But then, like, Clay starts picking up fouls. Everyone was, not just Clay. Like, right. The refs were blowing that whistle. Early all, and often. Early. And trying to set a tone. And, like, I, I, I get it. Um, and you saw it still late, them, them making calls. But on some level, it's like, man, you're right. Steve Kerr did a good job. He sat boogie. He didn't start him. He went with essentially he's like death lineup. Yeah. We we have to. Like there's no other options for this team to start the game. Like they knew they had to get off to a good start. And they and they did. Mm. And it was effective early. The Raptors eventually started getting some stuff together. But like it did exactly what you needed it to do early on. Yeah. Give the spacing that you need. You got Steph some early looks. Uh good early looks. You got Clay good early looks. You got Kevin good early looks. Of course, then he goes down, and that change like uh, the adjustments mid-game, right? For Steve Kerr to make those adjustments mid-game and get his guys to kind of rally is really impressive. Like that's as good of a coaching a job as I can remember coming from Steve Kerr in a long time. Yeah, and I I know it happened a a little later in the game, but so much of this series, like we've talked about, Steve Kerr just kind of just kept throwing the same thing out there. It felt like, like, Steph, just, we're going to run action. Like, we're just going to run screens for you off wall. Clay, we're just going to run screens for you off wall, and let's just hope the ball goes in. Like, unless Draymond was just ultra-effective out there. Like, there wasn't a lot of variance in what the Warriors were doing, and he kind of had to be. He had to, like, very actively manage Kevin Durant's minutes early on. He very, like, actively had to say, like, we got to get Andre some rest early. We got to get Kevin some rest early. We we can't start boogie. We got to do our center rotations a mm. little different tonight. Like he, and eventually Kevon Looney then also going out, like Kevin also went out eventually. Like he had to actively like change things up on the fly. And I don't, maybe, I don't know how much to actually credit Steve Kerr because like he had to, and on some level it's just what you Steph, have to do. Like Steph and Clay just hit shots right. at the end of the day. And, they were late, good shots, and they were ultimately the difference. But, like, I can credit him for not letting this landslide. Like, we've seen it landslide in the last couple of games. So I'll give Steve Kerr credit for that, but part of me is like, if, if the Raptors aren't shooting a hit, 
nearly historic bad percentage from three. Like they they weren't quite Houston bad over twenty seven. Yeah. But man, they were they were trying. Yeah, I mean, like, I, the second and third quarters, like, obviously, like, first quarter was a big deal. Golden State, Golden State, excuse me, scores 34. Toronto scores 28. Uh, they stay even in that second quarter at 28 apiece. And then third quarter, they both score 22. Um, and literally, the difference is the first and fourth quarter. Like, uh, Toronto scored 27. Golden State Golden State scored 22. Yeah, it's plus six for Golden State in the first, even, even, plus five for Toronto. I can do math. That's a, Golden that, State wins by one. That, like, that, that's a loss. Uh, that equates to a loss. Um, that, I mean, like, a lot of people, going back to the KD injury, there'll be a lot of speculation, probably criticism, for how much did the Warriors push Kevin Durant to come back in this? How much was Kevin Durant pushing himself to come back in this? Mm-hmm. And how severe is the injury? Like that—that's the whole crux of this argument. It's gonna be interesting. I don't think we see him back in the finals again. Obviously, um, yeah, I think there's no way. Kevin Kevon Looney is a big loss for them. He was really good at center tonight when he had when he played. He was still grimacing, but like you imagine, he's probably not back for the series. So that leaves you with Cousins and Bogut. Bogut Jordan at Bell center, a little. <laughs> which like, oof. Which like, we saw that, like, in... No, okay, credit to Boogie for, like, right when Kevin went out. And he's like, I'm going to get us seven points in the first minute. I yeah, mean, he had two layups and then an open three. And so, like, he... If for nothing else, Boogie did that, and that stopped the landslide. Like, that was going to be Kind of calmed the Warriors It down did. There. Like, oh, okay, look, we still have someone else. Yep. Now, after that, Boogie was bad. Right. Like... In the fourth quarter, he got abused in the pick and roll. Yeah. Like, he had that, what looked like a potentially costly turnover with that illegal screen in the fourth quarter that, with that like, 10, 10, eight, 10 15 10, seconds 10, left. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And that gave the ball back to the Raptors down one. Like, he, he had a very flawed game. But if for nothing else, that stretch calm the Warriors down like you said and kept them in it and it, it stopped the Raptors from just seizing that moment and flipping the game on its head because it really it was still a pretty even game at that point yeah and so credit to him there but if you're asking him to play 25 plus minutes again in a couple days and the Raptors just know like this is their center like they have very few options now and very few scoring options on the perimeter i feel like that drastically changes how they're going to approach the game from the get-go and so yeah that's a game six note to to watch out for even though the game's back in oracle like that's something that the raptors have shown they can abuse well that's the thing is like we've seen it time and time again in the series it doesn't really matter who's the home team like oh, the, the road team's won four out of the first five games. <laughs> yeah, like uh, this is not gonna be like oh well it's back in Oracle so the Warriors are gonna win this going back to seven in Toronto. That's not the case at all. I don't think. I think Toronto has probably the best chance to win in Game Six because they're just like screw it. I mean, like Ka- Kawhi, like go- going right into this fourth quarter, we can start talking about it. That ten zero run. W- he was the best player on the planet. Uh, he just took the ball, and just time after time after time, he was going to go get a bucket. And 
it didn't look like there was anything the Warriors could do for those couple minutes that it was happening either. They were throwing two at him. Didn't matter if he caught it on the perimeter. Didn't matter if he caught it in the paint. He was going up with it, and it was going in. He was he, getting to a spot and just hitting it. It, it. It's like they were still able to throw Clay out there and then have Draymond and Iggy as help defense. Like That's still what you want at the end of the day. Like Yeah, yep. Kevin's really nice to have out there as like another help guy. Or maybe you want to put him on the ball. But honestly, if he's not healthy, I wouldn't. Like, he's just a really good help guy. But it didn't matter. Like Kawhi was, for the most part, able to just find a spot, stop, get the defender, go by, and then pull up. Like That's what he did. Now, like right at the end of the game, like if we are talking about that one where he tried to do the same thing, but Iggy came and doubled. And Immediately, he had, and, almost. Yeah, the second Kawhi about got to the free throw line. Right before he makes that last move to shake the defender, Iggy came and forced him to swing the ball out to Van Fleet. Van Fleet won no part of that. I mean, he was pretty well covered. The right pass was to send it to Kyle Lowry in the corner. And we'll get more on Kyle Lowry here in a moment, but that's the right play. Like, if you had that in the middle of the fourth quarter, you had that at the beginning of the third quarter, you had that at the end of the second quarter, that's what you do every single time. You drew a double, you kick and swing. Like, that's it. That's what you do in basketball. And it created a good shot for Kyle Lowry there at the end of the game. Now, he threw it on the wrong side of the backboard, <laughs> but you you as Kawhi did the right thing. Yeah, you want Kawhi to have that shot there because he was dominating and going on a 10-0 run by himself. But I understand why he facilitated the way he did. It's what he should have done. Yeah. Because I feel like if he rises up over two there, then Kyle Lowry's wide open in the corner, and you're like, that's a bad shot. Right. Well... I don't know if it's a bad shot for Quiet Leonard at that point, but you're right. That is the right basketball play to swing, I, swing, and just like hope for the best. Like I, that's the open look. It's a wide open corner three. Like, like that's Draymond the best gave shot a, in basketball. Yeah, Draymond gave a decent contest, best he could, but that's a that's a good shot. The Warriors did the same thing on the other end, like finding Steph and finding Clay for nine points after Kawhi's ten. 10-0 run yeah like so like they did the same thing it just happened to be in the hands of steph curry and clay thompson at the end the best shooters <laughs> in the world and i feel really good about steph and clay taking late game threes in a elimination game than i do about kyle lowry taking a three even if it's a quote-unquote good look still i don't care i you want steph and clay shooting that shot you want Kawhi shooting that shot in theory you want kyle lowry shooting that shot if you're toronto he has to be your number two guy yeah, like there's there's no one else to take that shot on that team. Yeah, I mean like Pascal hasn't. It felt like he hasn't hit a three since game one when he went berserk for three. He, he looked bad tonight. Um, he did. He had a rough game. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest notable. I mean, like outside of Lowry, of course, but like 34 minutes, 15 shots, 12 points. Yeah, I and mean, just... four rebounds. Like I can live like. You can live with 12 points from Pascal. You just can't live the Warriors with four were rebounds giving him and threes. Two, two assists. Yeah. yeah, like he was not impacting the game in other ways. Like the defense wasn't really there either. Like we saw him get shoved around on the inside by Boogie and others. He couldn't chase on the perimeter either. Like he just, he wasn't there, it right. seemed like. It seemed like the moment got to him. Like he was getting wide open looks and just not even coming close on his three-point shots. And, like, uh, the thing with Pascal is, like, what they found success in the series for him is to get out and run early, 
well, the Warriors were hitting their threes early, so there, <laughs> there was no chance to get out yeah, and run, you know? So, exactly. Like, there was no, like, easy looks for them, uh, really, until, like, the fourth quarter there when, like, third and fourth quarters when they just started missing. Like, you could tell Your legs that, just eventually start yeah. going a little bit. Yeah, I'll tell you, the Warriors finally got under 50% from three there in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, they were, like, even at one point, like, 14 for 26. And then they went six for 16 after that. Quinn Cook hitting off the dribble three off of pick yeah. and roll. Yeah. Like, that's when you just throw your hands up and you're like, okay. What, what else can we do in that moment? Exactly. So on some level, like, you're right. Like, Pascal never got the chance to get going early on and it very clearly affected him Hmm. but like i wish seeing the start gasol had he should have ended up taking more than six shots it felt like he took more than he took a lot of free throws it felt like he took all of them in the first quarter yeah well they they needed him to kyle lowry ended up with an eight for 16 overall shooting performance but it's one for six from three like they couldn't stretch the defense he just eventually just said i'm taking the big man and pick and roll yeah and it worked like it, it worked Put really well in the pick and roll and just go at it yep and it got them their, their last basket to cut it to 106 105 boogie got called for a goaltend but i mean the layup was going in so it's like kyle lowry in some respects did what you needed him to do but you also need someone else to stretch the floor and just going down this Pascal 0 for 4, Kawhi 2 for 7, Gasol 2 for 3, Lowry 1 for 6, Danny Green 0 for 4, Norm Powell 0 for 1, Ibaka 0 for 1, Van Fleet 3 for 6. In total, that's 8 for 32. That's 25%. Not good. With most of it coming from one, almost half coming from one player and Van Fleet. Yeah, so it's one of those, what Kyle Lowry did in some ways was effective, but ultimately what the team needed was another guy to stretch the floor to make Kawhi like have a little bit more of a lane and he just he was driving into four guys every time he's so good that it at points didn't matter but there at the end of the game when they collapsed the lane it did matter right when Iguodala comes off to help cuz i think that's his guy is is Kyle Lowry is yeah. Kyle Lowry they've been putting Iggy on Kyle Lowry which like smart move by Iggy, like, smart defensive move. Like, even if you are giving up a corner three, you just got to get the ball out. It's it's Kyle Lowry, it's not Kawhi. Yeah, literally, that's it. And, I mean, banking on the fact that Draymond can kind of recover and make it a more difficult shot, he didn't make it too terribly difficult. I mean, someone running at you, I guess, is different than just wide open, just standing there. The disrespectful three. Yeah, exactly. As Steph. I mean, like, the Splash Brothers, like, inversely talking about them, like, they were incredible there in the last so like, you uh, All I game, think, but especially I, at the end. I think I said to you, like, they really haven't had to hit, like, a buzzer beater shot. They didn't have to in this game either. But, like, at one point, I think I... So I feel like I said like three different times, like, oh, here's Toronto coming. Like, here's the avalanche. Here it is. Yeah. Like, here is the championship push. Like, this is it. And, like, it, they get down, what, six there? And it just feels like the game's over. And they come back. Uh, Clay comes back with a big possession, hits a three. Steph then comes off. They get some good action for him, hits a three, and then Clay comes back with another three. Yeah. 
And they ended up combining for 12 of 27 from three, but 57 points overall. Yeah. We we said before the game, I think those guys need to hit 60 combined yeah. to win. They fell just short, but Kyle Lowry missing that shot. I mean, that's the difference. Because if he hits that, then they, yeah, they were just short by three points. But he missed it, so it, it worked out. But, I mean, those guys did what you needed them to do. They stretched the defense. They were consistent pretty much all night, I would say. Like, as much as they, they can be. They played a good basketball game overall. The defense, at times, like, yeah, Steph could have given you a little more effort. But, like, he did what he normally does. Clay yep. gave good defense all night. He was really good at Kawhi when they've switched when they flipped the game mm-hmm. there. Um, he pushed. I, I mean, like not push, but forced Kawhi to go left on mm-hmm. two straight possessions, essentially in turning. I mean, like those were turnovers essentially for Toronto. Like they didn't end up in buckets. I think like it, one was close to being a shot clock violation, yeah. and the other one was just a straight up like. Fade away. I, like, I think it might have ended up in Kyle Lowry's hands and, like, it ended up being, like, a backcourt violation or whatever it was. But, like, that was as good as it gets on defense for you against Kawhi. Yeah, that's as good as it's going to get. Just for, basically just for forcing the, the ball out of his hand. Yeah. And you're you're right. Like, that's on some level all you can hope for because you got to live with other Raptors taking those shots or yep. making those plays. If Marcus is going to hit shots early, so be it. Same thing we were saying about Toronto. You got to make Iguodala and Draymond hit shots and live with it. Like you just have to. Like someone's going to have to make shots. The NBA. Like you have to put the ball in the bucket. You just trust that if you can force it out of the stars' hands, your defense is good enough elsewhere, and the other guys aren't good enough elsewhere to make the play. And so you're right. Clay did really good on-ball defense against Kawhi as much as you can. Like knowing he's still going to get his. Like, on some level, Kawhi is still going to go out there and get buckets. He only got 26-12-6. It felt pretty impactful. But, like, Kawhi had five turnovers tonight. That's kind yeah. of good on-ball defense by Clay and Iggy and Draymond at times, too. Like, that's, that's the result of it. When you play really strong on-ball defense and kind of, like, force his hand and know that he has no one to kick it to because no one else is on tonight. Right. Like you can force him into mistakes, or anyone, not just Kawhi, anyone into those type of mistakes. We saw Steph do it in previous games. We've seen Draymond do it a lot in this series. Like It happens when you play good on-ball defense and take away, or at least make him think you have no other options here. And tonight it was kind of deserved because no one else could hit a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, I just like... I'm still reeling from the fact... Like, I was kind of resigned to the fact Toronto was going to win the series tonight and claim the championship. And the fact that the Golden State Warriors... I mean, like, after, I think, Clay hit that three to take the lead, (laughs) I said to you, like, essentially, like, this is why you don't screw around with the Warriors. Like, you just can't... You used some more colorful language Yeah, I I did. Uh, But this is why you can't screw around with the Warriors. Like, you're one... Like, one... Like, Danny Green is nicked up now he was shaking his hand around in the fourth quarter it's like you're one like bad injury away from laying the series and championship slip away from you mm-hmm. like this this is why like so do you think I, i've already seen some on twitter we've heard some from people 
that oh so Kawhi put him up six 103 97 with three and a half minutes left curry comes down and misses a three they get the rebound nick nurse calls a timeout i know this isn't exactly to your point of don't screw around with them but it kind of hits the point you had momentum at that point Kawhi was feeling it and nick nurse called a timeout are you okay with that timeout there I am, because I think they made a substitution, didn't they? So, Because um, Gasol wasn't on the floor before then. And then afterward, I think he was on the floor. ESPN's play-by-play doesn't have him coming in there, but I'm not saying it didn't happen. I mean, okay, they missed so things. Okay, so I might be, but... might, might be mistaken there. Um, but I am okay with that. Like, you can't let... Like, let, okay, let's play, like, the what-if game. Like, let's say you, like... The crowd starts getting into it. They run out the shot clock. Kawhi missed a shot. That's what they did anyway. I mean, yeah, it ended up Kawhi missed uh, a long two. So, is that the possession where Clay forced him left? And it was essentially almost a shot you clock. No, I back. think so, but I, I don't fully so like on that one. But uh, what, like, what are you? You're wanting Nick Nurse to just let it play out, right? So that's the other option. That's it. It's either call timeout, say, you know, we just went on a good run. We're up six. There's three minutes left. Let's spend this time out, figure out what we're going to do, how we're going to close this game. What are we looking for on both ends? Or you just, you know what? Kawhi's cooking. Just keep it rolling as long as we can and just see what happens. If we need a timeout, like at a desperation moment, we'll call it. And we'll get there when we get there. So those are two options either. Sit down, game plan. Figure out exactly what you need here in the last three minutes, or write it as long as you can, and then call a timeout to settle them down. I mean, like, I think you, like, I mean, I'm not an NBA coach, but I'm fine with the timeout because, like, this, like I've said, this is the Warriors. You have to know what you're doing on defense. And, like, even after that timeout, Kyle Lowry had no idea what he was doing on defense because he was standing in the lane letting Steph Curry get a wide-open three. So, yeah, that one where Steph hit it to tie the game with, like, a minute and a half left. Like, I was just yelling at the TV about it. Like, because he was guarding Draymond in that instance. And, like, they just ran an off-ball screen with Draymond being the screener. And... Kyle Lowry was standing like below the free throw line. That's what the Warriors have been so good about throughout this five-year run is, okay, you're going to sag off Draymond? Awesome. Draymond immediately becomes a screener. Yeah. And like it's going to be a look, wide open look. Like You have to switch it. And it's a wide open look for Steph or Clay. Yeah. The Warriors, and that's what it was. The Warriors have made sure their bigs are really good at screening. Because you get the ball out of your hands because no one's guarding you, and then you go set a screen. You even talked about it, I think, on the last podcast. Like The Raptors had started like, we're not going to play 12 feet off Draymond anymore. We're going to just be up there because we know you can't drive by us. You can't shoot over us. And as soon as you pass the ball, you're going to go set a screen for one of these other guys. And in that moment, Kyle Lowry didn't do that, and it resulted like there was no help defense then. That's one of those instances where, like, Mark Gasol knows, take a step. Yeah. Or Serge knows, take a step. Or Pascal knows, take a step. And Kyle Lowry, like, he probably knows it, but he was just so caught up in, like, watching everything and, like, trying to, like, do too much that the one thing you were supposed to do, you didn't do it. And that's when Steph hits that shot and everyone starts going, like, "Uh uh-oh, here we go again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you gotta have a game. You gotta know the game plan. You gotta be all on the same page. 
I think, um, in terms of going back to your question, like, like, like if you don't, like I said, if you don't call the timeout, like, like what? I just don't know. Like the best case scenario is Kawhi hits a mid range, and like you essentially seal the game, then puts you up what eight? Yeah. Because that it would be uh one. I mean one hundred five, one hundred six. But I don't know if the Splash Brothers ever go on that nine zero run. It's like I I don't know. I'm fine with the timeout. I know a lot of people won't be. What are your thoughts on it? I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have called it just because. So according to ESPN's play-by-play, Fred Van Fleet grabbed the rebound at the three twelve mark. They called it at the three oh five mark. So it's like he just he got across half court and they called it. It's like, you know, if the offense was struggling or there was like ten seconds left in the shot clock and and nothing was materializing, then like I understand it a little more. You have Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. You, you have someone who like they they don't have an answer for him right now. You got a defensive rebound. You just got another stop. Because that Kawhi run is a 10-2 run, really, because mm-hmm. Draymond had uh, a bucket in there, but really is Kawhi just all by himself. And no one else could do anything. To me, it's more, I want you to be yelling for Fred Van Fleet to push the ball and just force their hand a little more than anything. Because it didn't look like the Warriors were ready to, to do that. And then after that, like, yeah, you can say good things ended up happening for the Warriors because they put in Queen Cook at that timeout for Iguodala. So that then gives them the spacing they want a little more. And maybe that's why you can say, like, some guys weren't helping as much as they should have because there was another shooter Mm -hmm. out there as opposed to Iguodala. It's like, man, Iguodala was getting cooked. Yeah. And, like... There was, like we said, there was just nothing you could do. They were playing pretty good defense for the most part against Kawhi. He was still out there just doing his thing. Like, why did it felt like you stopped Kawhi's momentum more than you settled the team down and got a game plan together? And and you do have a point there. Is like coming out of that timeout. Why not run a play? Like, why not try to get some? Like, I understand. Like, Kawhi's been awesome. Like, he's been on this run. But, like, Fred Van Fleet was also 3 of 6 for 3. So, like, they're going to help yeah. off someone. Like, why not try to get yeah. him a good look? And at that point, like, it was still close enough to when Kyle Lowry had hit that 3 a few game minutes earlier. Like, to where, like, you were still, even though he wasn't having a good game from distance, he was having, he had just hit that 1, and he was getting in the pick-and-roll layups, like, whenever he wanted. Yeah. So, to me, like, after that timeout, Kawhi was 0 for 2. He, he never got a really good look after that. It was basically Kyle Lowry getting like a drive towards the layup or nothing was happening for that team. It's like, so, so what really was accomplished by that timeout then? It didn't seem like the offense was any like more fluid than it was before. If anything, it seemed more like just slow down and just kind of force your way through it. Mm. Whereas before, like it felt a little more like Kawhi was dictating the pace. The team was dictating what shots the Warriors were getting, and as opposed to then the Warriors coming out and like they want. I think the Warriors wanted to slow it down there at the end because they're like our players are better than your players. Like we still believe Kawhi or not Kawhi, Clay and Steph are gonna hit shots, and because they were getting decent looks, like not great looks, but decent looks. Right. Draymond had hit a couple shots. 
how do you squander Kawhi's big run, that big Norm Powell dunk? Like, that just brought the, the arena yeah. to its feet. On some level, like, I get the timeout. I feel like it, if Clay would have still hit that three at, like, the two-and-a-half-minute mark and you weren't feeling good about how it was starting to turn, then you call the timeout. Yeah. So it's like, am I being kind of nitpicky and maybe a little hindsighty? Because it's like, oh, a 30, 40-second game difference? Maybe. And I can admit that, like, yeah, kind of. But on some level... That 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 was the only answer like the Warriors had had really up to that point was just Clay three, yeah. <laughs> sure, it went in because he's one of the greatest shooters of all time. Like that's maybe when you call a timeout. Like the Warriors hadn't done anything to make you call a timeout. To me, like that's when you do it. It's like you'd gone on a run. Okay, they finally answered. Let's call a timeout. Get ourselves back. They didn't do anything. Right. Like, they. It wasn't until after you did it, the Warriors were able to seem like more get their stuff together collected and to play like devil devil's advocate against myself is like yeah you might be able to try and to like talk about what how you want to play the defense in the last three minutes against the warriors but now you're giving steve kerr one of the like best coaches in this era of like three three and d opportunity to set up offense and set up action for his guys and really yeah. like tell them how he without wasting his own timeout. And we were we were talking in that fourth quarter like when the Warriors finally started missing some shots. Oh, their Steph's legs look they look a little done. Like he's not quite getting the lift on that shot. Clay, he's not quite getting the lift on that shot. You you literally let them go sit down cuz we go to TV timeout. You literally go sit, let them sit down for 5 minutes. Yeah. Okay, right when it seems like their best player seemed to be getting tired and your best player is going on a run of his own, you, you say, like, oh, no, you guys go sit down and chill for a little bit and, and get, get some Gatorade. Like, get some what, Gatorade. Wait, like, what, what? No. You're not trying to make this fair. You're trying to win an NBA championship. So, again, maybe that is kind of nitpicky and looking back on it now, but it's what happened. Yeah. And, and I feel like... Eastern Conference Finals, you wouldn't have called that timeout there. Probably against back in the semis against Philly, you probably don't call that timeout there, but it's like, oh, it's the Warriors. We need to make sure we're ready for this. It's like, no, you were just beating them. Yeah. So just finish it. Just right. go beat them. Like, just go do it. Like, Step on their throat. Yeah. Like, you're there. Go do it. Yeah. The, the, I think the two things that will be talked about the most for sure is – Lowry in the last I don't know like three minutes he was he was bad he was just bad I know he had made some plays and and done some good things for them throughout the game and overall his his final stat line eight for 16 18 points six assists played pretty good defense for the most part throughout but those last three minutes he didn't look like he belonged in the NBA finals no yeah and like at the 209 park, missed three. Um, and then the Steph three was his fault. Like it was. Yeah. Um, he had a turnover. The backcourt back play. Backcourt. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, before the Steph three. Um, just bad. Like and bad, bad final two minutes. And like, I didn't understand missing that corner three. Like that's, I mean, like, I don't know how you prepare for that moment. Like, every kid dreams of it, sure, but it's different when you're in a driveway versus a fan, like, like on the court with, like, I don't know, 4,000 fans. I don't know how. 16,000 fans? 
yeah. I don't know. Like, how many of her fans can fish, fit in uh, Air Canada? Because I refuse to call it by its real name now. Air Canada's cooler. Uh, like, it's different. And so, like, I'm not gonna, like, be super critical of that. But, like, everything else up to that point. Like, he just, like, drove into the lane on that wild turnover and just, like... He didn't know where he was going. And just threw it behind him. Yeah. And, like, Mar- like Marc Gasol might have been in the wrong spot, but, like, honestly, like, you can't just, like, give the ball up in the last two minutes. Yeah. I- like, in the closeout game. Mm-hmm. Like, or- this is for the championship, Kyle yeah. Lowry. I mean, he's never he's never been there. Yeah. He, he doesn't know what to do in that moment because it's, like, the quote-unquote quote right play is, like, oh, there's multiple guys here. Someone's open. Yeah, but there's two seconds left on the shot clock, and you're in the biggest game of your life and it's a close game. Like either drive with purpose or give the ball up or give the ball up. Like those are your options. And he just kind of fumbled the ball away. Like we can be critical of, yeah, the shot on some, I'm more critical of it than you are. Cause you didn't get on the correct side of the backboard, <laughs> but you're right. Like the more things to be critical of the defensive laps. The bad turnover, the bad shots before that. Like, those are reasonable things to be critical of. And if one of those things goes Toronto's way, the game, uh, it's, a, it's different, a different game. Yeah, it's a championship for the, the Raptors. That that boogie offensive foul call for the illegal screen seems a thousand times bigger. Like, yeah. We're not talking about boogie screwing up the Warriors and did he, did he bring down this dynasty as much as Toronto did because... Kyle Lowry kind of screwed it up, like, yeah. in all honesty. Like, Boogie got away with it. Like, yeah, he had the good stretch we mentioned earlier, but he very easily could have been super blamed for everything that, that's gone wrong with the Warriors in the last week and a half. Yeah, I, it's a... Uh, and then the other thing that's going to be talked about, and we've talked about it a lot, is the uh, timeout. Like, those two things might live in Raptor infamy if they don't pull off the series. If they blow a 3-1 lead because Kyle Lowry choked and Nick Nurse kind of made an inexperienced timeout, because, again, this whole first-year coach, he's done a lot of things well, but that's a that's a rookie head coach mistake there. Like, it is. And, yeah, he's been a coach elsewhere, but not in that moment for this type of a, a platform. So it's it's kind of almost what we've expected all year Toronto to do. And Kawhi just like, no, we're not, I'm not letting this happen. Right. And tonight, whenever someone else had the authority to make it happen, they, they did those things, and Kawhi couldn't get them over that hump again. Now, maybe game six is different. Kawhi is able to get them to that point and, and win the game. Maybe it's a close game again. Maybe it's a, a couple possessions, and Kawhi can just kind of put it away like I think he should have been able to tonight. Right. But it didn't happen tonight. And on some level, like, that's just the reality. Like, this game is so close. One little mistake in the last three minutes. That's it. Yeah. That could be it. Yeah. I mean, that's just... Uh, the. It's hard to... Like, I don't want to... Like, there's so much emphasis on game five. Like, on this game. Yeah. But I also don't want to overblow it because, like, you have two more chances. And one of them... Is back in Air Canada. Would you like in Toronto? Would you feel better? So knowing the series is three two now, Toronto's up. Would you feel like just in, like significantly better if it was two two and Toronto won Game Five? Going back to Oracle. I mean, would yeah, you feel like, about the same as you are now? 
probably not. Like, I would feel better. Because, like, they've been in that situation before. Like, they've, they've backs against the wall. Like, when they had to win a game on the road, we saw it in the semis against Philadelphia. They were, what, down 2-1, mm-hmm. won the next two, got yeah. it back, got it, and then got the 76. advantage back, yeah. Yeah, flipped it. So, like, they've been in that situation before. Like, this, it's like, like, you're just asking Clay Thompson to have a game six. Yeah, you like, are. Like, you are just asking for it. And that's the thing. Like, he's won, like, 50-point a game away from this coming back to Toronto and everyone going, uh-oh. Yeah. Quite, this, please save us because no one else can. And, and, like, we've seen these guys in a game seven before. And, like, none of them wanted to shoot. None of them wanted any oh, part no. of the game seven. And, like, you can't do that against the Warriors. Like, you have to have Marc Gasol shooting. You have to have Kyle Lauer shooting. Even if he's missing shots, like, he still has to take them. Because yeah. then they're just going to, like, disregard you entirely. And that's what they did with Pascal. And yeah. that's it. Like, Pascal, like, what does Pascal look like in these last two games, if necessary? Like, does he show up from game if one? It, if it's like tonight, it's it's not worthy of being on the floor in crunch time. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is, like, do you think about playing Serge Ibaka now in the last, like, minute? I'd think more about going with, like, a super ultra small lineup. Like Lowry, Van Fleet, Danny Green, Kawhi, Gasol. Gasol. Yeah, that's more. If if Pascal can't be out there because he just seems like overwhelmed by it all, then that's what you have to do, like in my opinion. Like I get leaving him out there. Like he deserves a chance to be out there. But you're telling me what Danny Green doesn't? Because yeah. Danny Green's proven he can hit the shots. He didn't hit him tonight, like true. Yeah. But he's proven before he can hit the shots. I have a question for you. I mean, we're 42 minutes into this, but we'll we'll start wrapping this up soon. For game six, we'll talk about game six a little bit, preview it, and then make yeah. predictions. But do you start Fred Van Fleet in game six just to switch it up? Just to put maybe like more pressure on Clay or pressure on a wing? Because like he's been bet- he so outside of game, what, four, three? When Danny Green went nuclear and hit six threes, like he's been Van, bad. Van Fleet has just been the better player. Yeah. No. Oh, so Danny Green, he hasn't been bad. He's been bad offensively. Yes. So defensively, he still held his own pretty well um, throughout, no matter what. So props to him there. You know, this starting lineup they've been going with this entire time has worked extremely well when Kevin Durant was playing. So, and we know Kevin Durant, he's done. Like, he's out. Yeah, so uh, there was an update. Uh, Warriors GM Bob Myers tears up well, informing reporters Kevin Durant has an Achilles injury. Severity unknown. So we won't talk about Kevin Durant's injury because we're probably going to be outdated by the time this podcast yeah. comes out. But, I mean, like, we, kn- we knew when we saw it happen. He, he was out for the rest of the series. Yeah. So we, we knew that. You know, knowing that they'll have to go back to something like that, and who knows if Kevon Looney's going to be playing. That dude had to leave too. Yeah. Like, we might be having to start Boogie again and go through game four or, or whatever last time Boogie had to play a major role, but it didn't work out well. I, part of me says, like, even though the Warriors got off to an outrageous start and it's because Kevin Durant was in there, like, you were still right there. Like you were like you were only in by the end of the first quarter down six, like yep. you were. 
still only down six at the end of the second. You're still only down six at the end of the third. Like, you were still right there. Just Kevin Durant got off to a much hotter start than whatever other starter would have. Like, that's the difference in at the first three quarters of the game. You spotted him six, point early, six points early and couldn't make it up in the fourth. Exactly. So that's why part of me is like, just Fred Van it. Fleet's just super comfortable in that role, it seems like. And Nick Nurse, every game he brings him in, it seems, it seems like a little bit earlier like than he did the game before. Like, oh, we'll let Danny Green go for seven minutes. Oh, we'll let Danny Green go for six minutes. Oh, we'll <laughs> let him go for five minutes, four minutes. I still think you... Danny Green has earned the chance to be out there, and I think the early defense on Clay or uh, Steph, whichever one they choose to put him on, like it generally has been working out. It's just they had someone else to kick it to tonight, and on some level, like that's the difference. So I think you still do it. Or uh, Fred Van Fleet's been playing a pretty consistent twenty-five to thirty-five minutes a game, just. Taking a few minutes here and there from Danny Green, a few minutes here and there from Pascal or Kyle Lowry. So I think where you have him is still is probably right about where he needs to be. About the same level as Danny Green. Yeah. I, I'm totally fine with him playing more minutes than Danny Green in the end. But I think having it right about even and then you just tip it whichever way is playing better is what you end up doing. But mm. I think the balance like they've created at the beginning of games like has been working. It's just there was an added element tonight in favor of the Warriors, like a reason to go out there and, and be the Warriors, whether it's Kevin Durant being there and hitting shots or them getting pissed off about how Kevin Durant was leaving the floor. Yeah, and fans cheering. Yeah, and, you know, of course, Twitter's going to be like, oh, no, it was about the defensive play. <laughs> Mate, sure. Okay, but... um to me, you you kind of just keep going with because it it's worked, and it even still almost worked tonight. Like mm. even with Kevin Durant coming back and the Warriors being hyper motivated, and Boogie having like a really nice stretch in the middle of the game, and the Splash Bros hitting three big threes in the final three minutes to seem to like take the game back. You were still right there with a wide open corner three to win the game. Like after all of that, so it's like. Do you change too much if you're Nick Nurse? I don't think so. I think you just kind of say, you know, we had a really good game plan in some ways. Like, they, they outdid us in a couple minutes, and we just never quite got it back. But I feel like the Raptors won 80% of this game Cause, because the Warriors, yeah, they won, like, the Kevin Durant minutes, and the Kevin Durant were pissed off minutes, and the... Steph and Clay run at the end. But the fact that the Warriors never won the rest of the moments where, like, the Raptors couldn't hit shots, like, the fact that the Warriors didn't win 50 or 60% of this ballgame tells me, like, Toronto did exactly what they needed to do. Oh, yeah. Like, they were they were right there. You go more than 8 for 32 from 3. You shoot better than 21 for 27 from the free throw line. Like, that's it. Like, that, I mean, there's 10 points right there. Yeah. There was easy. This feels like game two. I mean, like oh, minus Kevin Durant injury, it feels like game two. Like they just had a little extra thing happen in the Warriors' favor, and like the Raptors just couldn't quite get it going. Yeah, like it's just like no one could really shoot. 
Siakam wasn't like m- much of note. Like Kawhi was still Kawhi, and like everyone else was just kind of meh. And that was game two for the Raptors, and they still almost won. Like they were a possession away from winning. Yeah. Here they got that possession, and just like missed the shot. Yeah. Like that's as much as you can ask for as a coach or even as a fan. Now, how they got to that point, like, like Again, we've talked about, like, it, you can be critical of. But, like, going into game six, you're right. I don't know if I would change as much. Like, uh, Van Fleet card could be interesting. Like, if you feel like you desperately need a situation where you need more shooting on the floor. Yeah. And, like, it's just not working. Yeah, and, like, of course, we can talk about, like, changing, like, substitution patterns, like, getting Kawhi some rest, like, the moment Steph sits down or yeah. or whatever. Or 41 mo- minutes from Kawhi again. It's a lot. Um, Or getting... But that's why you take 20 games off during the regular season. Yeah, exactly. Or, or getting Kyle Lowry a little extra rest here and there. Like, yeah, we can talk about those things, too, like, depending on what the Warriors are doing. But you, you had a good game plan. Yeah, it for the most part worked. You just make those few extra moments tilt your way, and you win. Yeah. So why why not do the same thing or something very very similar in Game Six, and say like again, we think you have to play Alfonso McKinney. We think you have to play Andrew Bogut. We think you have to play <laughs> we like not, Quinn Cook. We don't think we know you have to play Andrew unless you're Bogut. playing Steph like forty eight minutes. Unless you're playing Draymond forty eight minutes between the power forward and center like. You have to play these guys. Yeah. So we're going to hang with you with the starters, and then we're going to kill you with the bench unit. And maybe that's enough because it's been enough so far. That's why you had a 3-1 lead. The Raptors were doing something right in games one through four. I believe like it went, for the most part, right again tonight. It just didn't end up materializing in a win. Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. Let's uh, talk about game six predictions. And I'm going to be up front. I don't know if I can, like, what whatever happens in the series, what it's like. I'm not whatever. gonna be surprised either way. Yeah, like it, it's just like gonna be insane. Um, if I had to put a score on it, oh man, this is gonna be tough. I think the Raptors win. I go back with the Raptors winning this. It feels like Kawhi and company is gonna be motivated to come out and prove. Like, what what if the, the, like they could end Oracle? Like, with a loss in the dynasty. Like, there's so many storylines there. Like, it's insane. I think the Raptors win 104 to the Warriors 98. Clay game. You Are you saying? <laughs> Clay game. <laughs> um. Clay game six? That's like a thing in the lexicon of the NBA. <laughs> it just happens. Um... I'll also say Dre game. Dre, because we didn't really hit on him. He was fine tonight. Nothing too special, I would say. He had a couple threes. He did. Which which was like, like you got to let him shoot those shots, but two, four from three. Like he confidently shot them. That's the difference. It wasn't just like a, I need to shoot this ball right now. It was like a, no, I'm going to shoot this ball. Like I got this. It It was a different approach. You could tell. And the defense was pretty good tonight. Like, whether it was on Kawhi or help defense or, or on Kyle Lowry, for the most part, it was good play by Draymond. Now, he did pick up that tech, and so he's got to be really careful in game six. Because if he picks up another in game six, he can't play game seven. <gasps> so, assuming there is a game seven, um, I'm saying Dre and Clay. 
Go go wild. Get Oracle going one last time. Warriors 111, Raptors 103. Ooh. You had a high scoring game last time. I, I just, I, like, if the Warriors are going to win, I don't know if they score more than 110 many. anymore. You know, part of me says, like, probably not. But if I'm calling Clay game, if I'm calling Dre game, that means there's a lot of things going right. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll run with it. Let's get game seven back in T.O. I, I honestly want the war. Like my brain says Toronto. My heart says the Warriors because I want this to last as long as going. possible. Man, I, I want it to end just so like I can finally just like focus, focus on the draft and not be doing like two things at once. Yeah, yeah. But... Man, these games are so good. <laughs> They're so good. This has been a really fun finals. At it's, least for me, it's been a fun final. It's like we all thought LeBron wasn't going to be in it, so it wasn't going to be fun anymore. No, no, no. Nope. No, no, no. Maybe we can do with no LeBron anymore in any finals. Oh, I guess. It could be fine. Who knew? The league could, would be fine. Well, that's all we got for you on this emergency podcast after game five. 53 minutes, our longest emergency podcast. It was essentially... A regular podcast for us. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. There was a lot popping off on the NBA Twitter today. Man, I couldn't keep off it. It was insane. Anyway, like that's gonna be on uh, another episode down the line uh, when we do a full blown podcast, not just a game breakdown of the NBA Finals. We'll probably be back Thursday. Probably. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll let you guys know. But. Uh, This has been a lot of fun, Matt. Thanks for uh, doing this. We'll see you guys back.